Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Hey, it's the beginning of a brand new year, 2016, and we want to put you in the right state of mind. We want to link you up with God and, and basically get your year started off right. We know that this world is a discouraging place sometimes. Can I just get a, yeah, the world can just be a little discouraging. And, it, and guess what? It's always been discouraging. I want you to go back in your mind for a moment and think about like, remember being a kid? Maybe you were, did anybody remember kickball? There's a group right there needs healing, prayer after service, okay? Look, you didn't get, you didn't get, maybe you didn't even get picked for kickball. You, you didn't get kicked last. You didn't even get picked at all. And, and, then, and then you have like these just little times in life where like, well, I didn't get into the advanced class or I didn't get to sit at the, remember there's a popular table? I didn't, get to, I didn't get to sit at the popular table with the cool kids. And, and, and cause I remember that as a kid. I remember like being in middle school. I had all these friends and buddies and it was so much fun. And then for some reason, I lived in like the weird little zone of, of land that for some reason all my middle school buddies went to that high school, but I had to go over to that high school. And so then like I go to this brand new high school and I, I have two friends. I went from having like all kinds of friends, two friends. And then, and, and then and they're all the cool kids because they knew each other because in middle school they all sat together and they were all buddies. And then I'm, I'm like, hey, hey guys, and they don't want nothing to do with me. And, I, you know, so you just feel like you're discouraged. And, you, and then I think even kids have it worse today. Because, you know, go back in time when, when you were a kid, you know, we could at least kind of like lie to ourselves and tell ourselves that we were cool. Or, you know what I mean, we could, we could kind of convince ourselves that we were cool or we fit in. Now, there's quantifiable evidence that you're not cool. Because you can go on Facebook and then like, you know, you can see. You know, like I've got four friends on Facebook and, and they have 4,000. Like I'm just, I'm not as cool as them. Or like, look, isn't it the worst too? Because you do this as even as adults. Because you'll look at like what they're doing and you're like, but I didn't get invited. I didn't, get, I didn't get invited to that party. Why didn't I get invited there? So just, the world's full of discouragement. And so, so sometimes, like, I remember, I remember this in high school. I was, uh, when I was coming up through high school, I was, um, I was not a good kid. And, and, and although I was, I was a pretty good athlete, I was a kid of the, of the herbal kind. And, um, and, and I became a Christian, though, and, and I was like, you know what? I want to get, I want to get into some high school sports because I was always so herbal that I couldn't play sports. And, and basically, I, I went to the football coach to try to be like, hey, man, I, I, I really want to come play football. And he didn't know what God had done in my life yet. And he's like, no, that's okay. We don't, we don't need you. And I'm like, that, that's just discouraging, isn't it? Like, yeah, my, my feelings are hurt now. And so in life, you have this too, like all of a sudden you're an adult now and you didn't get picked for that job and you didn't get that promotion. And why did they choose them over me? I think, I think I'm more qualified than they are, but they somehow chose them over me. Or, you know, you get, you, you just, there's just certain, you have spouses. Sometimes your spouse is discouraging. Um, I, I did this the other day. My, my wife, I'm sure, didn't mean anything by it. But I'm like, hey, boo, hey babe, I got, I got this new pair of shoes. And she was like, Really? They look like old man shoes, Todd. And 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 then I just I just determined this is what this is what I learned. And so if you're of the if you're of the seasoned and experienced variety, I want you to know I have a greater appreciation for you because I, I think I've crossed the threshold now. Because you, I used to look at older people, um, and not every older person does this, but some older people definitely do this. They just jump off the fashion wagon. 
They don't even care no more. And they get to a certain age and they're like, I don't care. Because you get to a certain age where you're like, I don't care what you think about me anyway. That's part of it. But the other thing is this, and this is what I appreciate now. And I think I'm probably too young to feel this way, but I don't care. Um, you hit a certain threshold where what you look like doesn't matter nearly as much as just how comfortable you are. You're like, I know these pants are dumb, but they're so comfortable. Like the shoes that I bought, I'm not lying to you. You know why I bought them? I knew they didn't look cool. They were so comfortable. I was like, I feel like I'm wearing slippers. These are amazing. This is why old men wear these, Tara. I'm just, is this too honest? Anyway, um, so, so, so the world is a discouraging place and I want you, as we talk about stay positive and we talk about stay grateful and stay humble and stay hopeful, today I want you to, know, I want you to stay encouraging. I want you to stay encouraged and I want you to stay encouraging because you are, I'm telling you what, we're going to talk about this today and please, whatever you do, do not dismiss, there's a temptation that you'll have to dismiss this thought because of its simplicity, but I'm telling you, it's powerful. See, this world, I read this illustration, it was two business professors, they did this experiment and they took these four monkeys, they put them in a room. Let them play, hang out, gave them stuff to do. But then they would put a bunch of bananas at the top of a rope. And then they would watch as the monkey would try to climb up the rope and go get the banana because that's what monkeys do. But they had like a big water hose. And they would literally, this sounds mean, I don't know why they did this. They probably wouldn't get away with this experiment today because somebody would be upset and call Peter or whatever. And so, but they would shoot the monkey off the rope with the water hose. And, and, and so like all of a sudden monkey, psh, and he gets knocked down. And so then the next monkey tries to, psh, gets knocked down. And the next monkey, and finally the monkeys determine what? You don't climb the rope, you know? Nobody wants to get shot down because that's discouraging. To get shot down with a fire hose is discouraging. And so they all, so this is what the, the next part of the experiment was, is they would remove one monkey and replace it with a brand new monkey. And they would watch as the new monkey would go up the, the rope. But this time, the, the three other monkeys would grab monkey, number one, mo- new monkey, and jerk him down and say, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't go up the rope. And so this monkey would try it again, and they'd just jerk him down. He says, no, 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 like almost like they're communicating, don't do that, water hose is coming. <laughs> Although they probably didn't have the word for water hose. That, they, they were able to communicate that. And so then they would let a little time go by. They would take out one of the older monkeys and replace it with a new monkey. Same thing would happen over again. Then eventually they would, they would remove a third monkey, replace it with a new monkey. Same thing happened again. They did this. Until all the monkeys that were originally shot down with the water hose were completely removed. And only that was left was the new monkeys that had never been shot with a water hose. But you know what they did? They all kept pulling each other down. This is kind of how the world works sometimes. It's sometimes you can live in a world of discouragement where everybody just wants to pull you down and say, no, you can't. You're not good enough. And those are old man shoes. You can't wear those. Or, or they try to just keep you locked down and discouraged and defeated. And I want you to know, here's, here's what we're going to go today. I want to cover three really, really big ideas on encouragement. Number one is this. I want you to know that our God is an encouraging God. Like, I need you to know that. Our God is an encouraging God. Listen to 2 Corinthians 7. This is, just so you know, Acts was written 
or I'm sorry, Acts was written by Luke, and Luke would travel with the Apostle Paul, and they would travel in teams, and that's how this all worked. So when he says we, and this is the Apostle Paul talking now, like they're talking about this team of missionaries. And so he says we. When we arrived in Macedonia, this is probably like Luke and Barnabas and Saul and Paul and Luke, all these guys. He goes, there was no rest for us. We faced conflict from every direction. With battles on the outside and fear on the inside. How many know that's a bad day, right? When you have conflict on every side, every direction, your life is just getting hit with something negative, something bad. I got battles on the outside. I got fear on the inside. (sighs) Next scripture. But God. Everybody say, but God. And that's how you want to live life. You want to live life that even though discouragement, even though bad things are happening, there is always a moment, but God. And this is what he says, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encourages us by the arrival of Titus. He says this, he goes, God, who encourages those who are discouraged. And what's funny is this, is that the way that God encouraged them was by the sending of another person. I want you to think about that. It could be you that God wants to send into somebody else's life for the simple fact of building them up and lifting them up. They might have, you know, conflict in every direction. They might have battles on the outside and fear on the inside. And God is going to encourage them through you. But it's God who's the source. God is an encouraging God. I, I go back and I started thinking about there's this, there's this part in the story of Moses to Joshua. Uh, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses is the one who delivered the people from Israel, the big exodus. He's the one that parted the Red Sea. He's the one that heard from God on Mount Sinai with everybody else. I mean, like Moses is the biggest deal in the, in the kind of the Jewish religion and the, the way they would look at the Old Testament. It was all about Moses. Now, how many of you know when you take over for Moses, that's got to be like a really, really like... Big shoes to fill, like I can't measure up. How can I ever, how can I ever be Moses? I mean, how do you follow Moses? And the whole first chapter of Joshua, go read it for yourself. I mean, the whole first chapter is this. It's God saying to Joshua, be of good courage. Don't be dismayed. Don't be afraid. I am with you. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. You're going to overcome and we're going to do this and I'm going to be. And it's just a whole chapter of God encouraging Joshua. Go back to the story of Gideon. Gideon is a kind of an insecure guy. The, the, the nation is in slavery and God says, Gideon, you're going to be the guy. He goes, I'm not the guy. He goes, no, no, I promise you're going to be the guy. He goes, I'm not the guy, God. I promise. I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. I, my family is, is kind of pathetic. I'm, I'm really not a good guy. And God's like, you're the guy. And he got, literally God says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of courage. Even though he wasn't at the time, God is still speaking life and encouragement. Think about Jesus on the day that Jesus was baptized. Jesus comes up out of the water and he hears a voice audibly. The whole crowd hears a voice audibly and the voice says, this is my son in who I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't preached a sermon. Jesus hadn't healed anybody. He hadn't done any miracles. He had done nothing of overly significant, groundbreaking, divine, nothing. And God says, that's my son. And I am well. I want you to know that your God is an encouraging God. And here's why this is so important, I think, to your Heavenly Father. is because encouragement communicates your value. Like when you take the time to encourage another person, what you're saying to that person is, Hey, you matter. You have value. You have significance. And I care. 
And that's why this is such a big deal to God. And it's such a life-changing mechanism that takes place when it, when it goes on. You know this from your own experience. When you've been encouraged, it just changes everything. As a matter of fact, there was, a, there was another study that they had done. And this is, this is a little odd too. It was in San Francisco years ago. They took these three teachers and they told these three teachers that you're the best teachers in your field. And we want to do an experiment with you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take 90 of the sharpest kids and we've got three of the best teachers and we want to see that if we will take you guys and just let you run and do whatever you want and and try to get as much accomplished in a year that you can, we just want to see what the results will be. And they took these these teachers and these kids and they were producing like 30 and 40% above and beyond what other people were doing with the same age and the same teacher. And then they took those, those teachers at the end and they said, okay, we have a confession to make. We lied to you. You're not special. You're just, we just pulled your name from a hat. And those kids, by the way, they're not special either. We pulled them randomly from a list. We just wanted to see that if you truly believed in yourself and if you felt encouraged and if you felt like you were at the top and you were the best and that you could, we wanted to see and no doubt their, just their belief from, from other people thinking that they were good and they were great and they could accomplish, that alone made the difference. I'm telling you, there's something about the power of encouragement. And so in light of this idea that encouragement is a powerful thing, that God is an encouraging God, number two is this, is that God has called us. His followers, God has called us to be the greatest encouragers. Listen, if there's any source of life and hope and faith, where would it come from? It would come from your heavenly father, but it would come through you. As a matter of fact, the book I was reading um, in my devotion this past week, I was reading through the book of Hebrews. And if you know the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is complicated. You can get lost in the book of Hebrews. You'll have a bunch of like, huh? And because and, it's just confusing. As a matter of fact, it, the book of Hebrews was written to a Jewish audience. And you almost need to like understand the Jewish sacrificial system to even make sense of the book of Hebrews. It's one of the most complicated books, especially of the New Testament. And I'm reading and I, I still get most of it. But I have to like, I have to sometimes like focus and like reread something. Like, okay, where am I following this guy enough? And he goes through the complications of Jesus as priest from Melchizedek instead of the priest from the blood line of Aaron and why that's significant. And then he gets into the offering and why and this and this. And he gets in and he breaks off this just super deep, I mean rich, complicated theology about all that Jesus did when he died on the cross and how ultimately he was the, the incredible and ultimate sacrifice and the fulfillment of the law. And he was not just a priest, but he was the high priest and he was the sacrifice who did it once and for all, for all mankind. And he breaks off this incredibly beautifully deep theology. And at the end of it, man, he gets, and this is what got my attention, is at the end of breaking off this rich, deep theology. So those people who think you're super deep and sometimes you're like, I don't think Todd's deep enough. I want you you to hear this. That he gets through breaking off this deep, deep discourse. And at the end of it, this is what he says. He goes, so, in light of that, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So in light of the incredible like sacrifice and in light of the deep and the rich and the beauty and in light of all of this stuff, you're telling me that in light of the greatness of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross, like what do I do with that? And your answer is Go encourage people? 
Jesus, I was expecting something deeper than that. I was expecting something like more, more, more profound. And he goes, no. In light of the incredible, beautiful theology of sacrifice and high priesthood, no, just go encourage people. That, that's literally what he said. Don't neglect our meeting together. Like, that's why we gather as a church. That's why we gather in small groups. And so that we can hopefully build relationships, connect with one another, and encourage one another. I guess my point is this, is that encouraging someone is one of the most spiritual things that you will ever do. That's what God has called us to do. One of the most spiritual things you can do is encourage one another. Don't dismiss that. Don't shake that off as like, oh, okay, I guess I... No, no, no. It's a huge deal to your heavenly Father that you make sure that your life is built around taking other people's lives and elevating them. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to encourage someone daily. As a matter of fact, when you live life and think about it, I want you to think, you know what? Todd told me, the Bible says, God, this is a big deal to God. I'm supposed to encourage people. So I want you to head out of this place today and start today. And I want you to think about it Monday when you go into work. And I want you to think it on Tuesday afternoon. And I want you to think about it Wednesday night when you're at youth group. And I want you to think about it Thursday night when you're at the gym. And I want you to think daily. I need to seek out and find somebody and encourage them daily. Let me read this, Hebrews 3.13. But encourage one another, everybody say it, daily, as long as it's called today. Meaning like if you're ever curious, if you ever get into a moment, you're like, because I know sometimes it can be awkward. Somebody's having a bad day. You're like, should I say something? I don't, ask yourself this question. Is it today? <laughs> Not is it Tuesday, is it today? Then what would your answer be? Yes. Should I encourage them? I don't know, is it Today? Yeah, encourage someone every day. As a matter of fact, one of the best practices that you can do, this is, this is a little help practice, is you know, think about when you engage with people. The, the way you begin a conversation sets the tone for how the rest of that conversation can go many times and that whole first impression thing, and, and some of us aren't very good at it. And one of the best things you can do, best practices you can do is, is in your first 15 seconds of engaging with a person, just try to make a compliment, try to make an encouragement, try to say something nice and encouraging. Why? Because it's today. It's just because it's today. Just because when you encourage, you communicate their value and worth. And I want you to know that they are so valuable in your father's eyes that he sent his son to die on a cross for their sins. They're so valuable. They are made in his image and likeness. They are so valuable. So if it's today, encourage someone. If you see something, say something. Like that's one of the other ones. Like anytime somebody does anything even remotely kind of good, if you see something, say something. Encourage someone daily. Here's another one. Encourage someone spiritually. Yeah, it, sometimes we need to go beyond, especially people of faith. We need to go beyond like, hey, I really like your shirt. Or, hey, I like your haircut. Or, hey, I like your shoes. They're, they're totally not for older men. They're young and hip. And, and, and like go beyond the superficial and, and, and go ahead and encourage like, hey, you know, like if like we were, I was at worship practice this last Thursday. And um, I was trying to like, it's like, hey, I want you to know this. Like you guys are so gifted musically, like your talent. I wish I could sing. I wish I could do instrument. I wish I had those gifts. I don't have those gifts, but they're so great. And, and, and it goes beyond that to say, I want you to know that God blessed you with those gifts so that you could create worship and help other people know him through worship and experience God through worship. Like what an incredible gift. It's not enough for like, hey, I know some of you got friends that all of a sudden they get sick or, or illness or they're in the hospital and be like, hey, you know what? I hope you get better. No, no, I want you to go beyond that. I want you to know, hey, I'm going to be praying 
praying for you. And I'm going to be believing for God to heal you and to help you and to strengthen you and, and to give you peace through that trial. I want you to know that. So we take, we take what, what ought to be just superficial and we say, no, let's make sure we're building up people's faith in God. Listen to Romans chapter 1. Verse 10, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to what? Encourage you in your faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. This is Paul saying, hey, look, when we get together, look, one of the most spiritual things you can do. Paul goes into the third heavens and has visions and hears from God and writes parts of the New Testament. And what does he say to do? Encourage one another. And I want to I come and encourage you and build you up spiritually and build you up in your faith. And I also want to be what? I want to receive it. I want to be encouraged by you because encouragement is powerful. Not only encourage someone spiritually, encourage someone publicly. Like there's just, there's just something special about it, Right? Like when a one-on-one, you know, sometimes like, hey, you know, I'm really proud of you. You did this. It's cool. But man, there's something that's kind of above and beyond when like it's on front street. It's in front of everybody else. They kind of almost shower you and you're a little flattered and you get a little blush. It's just something a little bit more special when you do that. And I want you to know there's something powerful. And so I, I, even, I even thought about this as, as I thought about this message. I thought, man, there's some people in our church, man, that I would just love. I, I want you to know, like last uh, two weeks ago, we had our entire sound system just go kapoop. Like things, things are smoking and flames. I don't know if there's flames or not. But anyway, it just it all went to poop. And, and, and so... Literally, there's a guy named Trey in our church who's the most fantastic guy. And he took all of his time that week and he's on the phone with companies and ordering new products. And he's got, he's got his rack at home and then he takes it to work. And then he's, I mean, spent countless hours. I don't know how much time he spent trying to put the sound system back together again. So why? So that you've got, and I just want you to know like that doesn't go unnoticed. That I'm so glad. There are people, I want you to know, there's this wonderful woman. I don't know if she's here today. I can't see really well. But there's this wonderful woman named Lauren Van Muren in our church. And I want you to know that like she's the person that made you coffee on Christmas Eve. Like she came in early and stayed late on Christmas Eve to make you coffee. And she's one of the most sweet and wonderful volunteers. And I want you to know this too, like whenever there's like a new person volunteering, which you should volunteer just so you can know Lauren, she's one of the, she's the person that will train you in how to make the coffee. And she's just amazing and fantastic. Hey, just, I want you to think about this real quick here. I want you to look at your butt right now where you're sitting. I want you to look at the chair. I want you to know there's this amazing guy in our church named Bobby Lee, who comes in every Every morning, we have to tell him to come in later because he wants to get here so early. It's it's almost annoying. Stop! You come in at seven. Stop getting here earlier than everybody. You make us look bad. And so, but he comes in at seven. Actually, we used to come in at six thirty until we argued with him to come in later. And he would come in and set up all the chairs that you're sitting in. I mean, just incredible, wonderful. They're, they're like, there's people across the street right now doing our elementary. There, there's two couples, um, Clarence and Leslie, and then Steve and Cat. They are fantastic couples and they they probably serve on volume maybe more than the other children's volunteers do because it's a little bit harder to do the elementary because there's a little more teaching involved and anyway and they just serve faithfully I mean without a thought without a question and those two couples it hadn't been like six months they've been doing those classrooms for what years I'm telling you what some of the most faithful and wonderful people and I'm just telling you I I want those people to know y'all are awesome Y'all are kingdom builders. Yeah, can we just encourage them and say thank you? There's just something about encouraging people. Build up their faith. Do it daily. Do it publicly. If you're, hey, if you're still lost on what 
to do? I'm gonna, I'll, I'll help define it for you. Hey, just so you know, in life, people are insecure. We all are to a certain degree. Give them confidence. People like to feel special. Give them a, con- a compliment. People are looking for like a, a better tomorrow. Give them a little bit of hope. People want to be understood. Listen to them. People lack like, you know, like direction and need help. And so I want you to know, like help give them wisdom and counsel when they need it. People are sometimes just down because of life. Give them some hope and love and encouragement. We are all thirsty for it. Because we live in a world that's constantly trying to take and zap you of everything that you've got. And I want you to know that God is wanting to encourage you. And I'm wanting you to be inside of a community of faith. This is why small groups are so important. Is on a Sunday morning, it's hard to get to know people personally. It's hard to get that kind of personal encouragement. But when I talk to people who are in some of the small groups, they feel connected. And they walk away thinking, man, it was so good to know so-and-so and to meet so-and-so. And, and to see relationships being built. And it's inside of that where you find good people who will encourage you. Number third thought is this. That's bad grammar. Sometimes... You will just have to encourage yourself. Man, there's this great story. It's found in the book of Samuel. Uh, It's a story of when David has this kind of little small army. And he's got multiple enemies throughout his life, like different people groups that hate his guts and try to kill him. Sometimes his own people. Um, He lived a life that he could have easily been discouraged. And there's this one point in his life where he literally, he goes to attack one army. And the women and children and and, and the, the livestock and the animals are kind of back at base camp, if you will, hanging out, waiting for the boys to come home from war. And they get back, and one of the other enemies that they had had come in and plundered and kidnapped the women and children and destroyed their camp. Can you imagine what that would do? I mean, like, dudes, think about you. All of a sudden, you come back, and your wife and your kids are gone. They've been kidnapped. And, like, your, your life would feel this absolute sense of devastation. And so literally, they're so upset, they're so distraught, but they're so angry, they decide, you know what? David's got to go. He's the one that got us into this trouble. If it wasn't for him, this never would have happened. David's got to go. Listen to this scripture here, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. And David was greatly distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. That's not herbal. That's rock. Because the soul of all the people was so grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David did what? David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I want you to know sometimes, you, you know, you, the small group hadn't met in a couple of weeks and your buddies are out of town or your friends aren't there anymore or maybe you've gone through a, a move and you're in a new town and you don't I'm telling you what sometimes you're just going to have to encourage yourself in the Lord there maybe nobody else is going to do it for you you're just going to have to pump yourself up build yourself up talk to yourself read some scriptures make some confessions and just get after it as a matter of fact I read a couple of stories this week about there's one about Abraham Lincoln at the Smithsonian there's a, a display And it has all of his personal belongings from the night that he was murdered. And in his pocket on the night that he was murdered was an handkerchief that said, A. Lincoln. There was a pocket knife. There was a little, uh, it was called a spectacle case for his little glasses. A $5 Confederate bill. And a very old, worn out newspaper clipping. And it was from an article. And the article began... Abraham Lincoln is one of the greatest statesmen of all time. That thing was old and it was worn out. And he carried it in his pocket. I want you to think about why. Because life is, is discouraging. 
And sometimes you need to have something to remind yourself every once in a while. You know what? I'm going to get through this. I am doing a good job. I am trying my best. I do need to stay the course. As a matter of fact, there's, this another, uh, there's another one, a famous American painter named John Sargent who did is the kind of the turn of the 20th century. He was most famous for doing incredible portraits. And, and like any artist, you would go through like times of like things were going great and I'm in a good groove. And then you'd have times where like nothing came together. And his greatest work of all the things that he ever did was this unique portrait. I and mean, it wasn't even like a, a self-portrait. It was a, it was a thing of flowers that he had painted. But it literally was the thing that everyone said, this is the best painting he had ever done. But he never sold it. And they asked him during his biography, they were like, why is it that you did all these great works, but what everybody deemed as your greatest work, you never sold? People literally offered him just enormous, outrageous amounts of money for this famous painting, and he would never take the money, and they asked him why. He said, because any time in my life that I became discouraged, and I got down, and I thought I wasn't doing a good job, I would go to that painting, and I would look at it, and I would say to myself, I painted that. I just needed to remind myself. I want you to know in life, sometimes you just need to encourage yourself, build yourself up. You need to make some confessions. You need to like just let the whole world know. You need to tell it to the whole world. Make some confessions. I'm a child of God. I'm a saint. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. Christ is with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I just, as a matter of fact, one of the things, I haven't done this in years. I'm going to make a, a confession. Don't think I'm weird. Because I want you to try it and experiment, and then you can tell me if it worked or not. I, I did this years and years ago. Is I, 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 I called myself, because this is kind of before smartphones got smart. And, and you know, like, because now you can just remind me at 2.30 to do this. And you just talk to your phone, and you tell your phone to give you a reminder. Well, this is before that. And what I would do, though, is, is if I was on the road, and I needed to remember something really, really important, I couldn't write it down because I was driving. This is before cell phones were illegal, and this is before smartphones. So I would call myself at my, at my office phone and leave myself a message so that when I got to the office, I could check the message. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I need to write that down now. And so I did this to like remind myself, oh, don't forget, you got a meeting with so-and-so at 3 o'clock. But at the end of this message, something came over me. I don't know if I was feeling down or what, but it, something came over me. And I get done leaving this message. Hey, Todd, don't forget. Da, 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 da. And you know, by the way, you're awesome. I just want you to know that God loves you. God is for you. You're a handsome looking devil. You are, you're, and I don't know that I said, I, I just, I literally went on for 30 seconds. I'm telling you what, just encouraging myself. And I felt a little dumb at the end of it because it wasn't planned. Nobody had told me to do this. And I hung up the phone. And then I just kind of forgot about it, right? You know, a couple hours go by. I'm finally back in the office. I listen to the message not thinking about it. And all of a sudden, I hear my own voice say these powerful, encouraging statements. And I'm telling you what, I felt my soul rise because of the amount of encouragement that I gave myself. It was, I would have never, if you would have asked me, Todd, I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Don't ever do that. I did it on accident. It's powerful because there's something powerful about you reminding you how much God loves you, how much God is for you. I'm telling you what, when you encourage yourself, it is a powerful, powerful thing. I'm telling you, listen to me, and please don't underestimate this. Encouraging others is one of the most spiritual things you can do. I know we take certain things and we think, 
think, well, I, th- this person prayed for seven hours straight. Yeah, but they're mean to other people, okay? But I'm telling you, listen to me. There are some incredible deep things that I want you to do and spiritual things that I want you to do, but do not neglect this fact that encouraging someone else is one of the most spiritual things that you can do. And I want you to try to find someone daily. If it's called today, it's good. And so find someone daily. Do it publicly. Build them up in their faith. Encourage someone. And that includes yourself. One of the key moments of my life where I really felt like the most encouragement. Um, My dad was uh, not always the uh, most generous guy with his words. Uh, My dad was more critical than he was maybe anything else with his words. And um, I love my dad. He was a great dad in so many ways. But just just not necessarily what you would call verbally generous. And um, so I moved away when I was 18 years old. Went to Bible college and moved to Michigan. That's where I met my beautiful wife. Moved to California in 2002. And... um, Dad probably never really heard me preach much. I think my first sermon I ever preached was in a little Baptist church in South Carolina, and it lasted 12 minutes, and it was terrible. Um, and many are like, 12 minutes? You could do better than that. Anyway, um, wrap this up. Um, 12 minutes, and it wasn't very good. And, and, you know, and then I go to Bible college, and I study, and I learn, and I grow, and I become a youth pastor. But my dad's in South Carolina all this time. And so my dad really didn't have a ton of, of, of moments where he heard me speak. And um, he's out in, in California visiting, and um, I get to preach, and I don't remember the venue. Like, nothing else matters. All I can remember is the moment after. I get through preaching. Now, I remember I was talking about the power of friendship and how God is all about your divine friendships. And what, Anyway, just, just all about friendship. And my dad comes to me at the end of service. And he, and he listens to his words. He said, Todd, that was the best sermon on friendship I have ever heard. Yeah. I can tell you some of the other stuff he said too, but half of it's not inappropriate for church. But... That, that moment right there stays with me. That moment right there matters. Because it was, I wonder if that's kind of how Jesus felt coming up out of the water. On public display, God says, that's my son. And I'm well pleased. I'm assuming Jesus had to feel like, I got this. It's going to be tough, but I got this. My father is with me. My God is with me. I want you to know that your God is with you and that your Father is for you and he wants to find ways to encourage you. I want you to open your ears and open your heart and let God encourage you. I want you to get around some great people and let them encourage you. And even in the toughest times, I want you to pick up the phone if you need to and encourage yourself. Listen to these words. Last quote and I'll pray. William Arthur Ward said, Flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you, but encourage me and I will not forget you. I'm telling you what, when you speak an encouraging word, it is powerful, it is life-giving, and it matters because people matter. Let's pray this morning. Father, we pray, God, help us to be encouraged by you so that we can give it to the world around us. We live in a world that sometimes is so discouraged and so negative, God. We pray that we would be that light of the world, that we would give just light. We would give salt, God. We would give that breath of fresh air to the world around us, God. So when we go into our workplace, God, we're the light. We're the source of life and encouragement, God. When we go into like our friends and our communities and our neighborhood, God, help us to be encouragers. Help us to always hope the best and to believe the best. 
and to speak life whenever. God, if it's today, let us say something encouraging. If we see something, God, give us the strength to say something. Help us to look at other people, to see them as made in the image and likeness of you and build them up. Help us to be encouragers, God. Even if that means we need to encourage ourselves, God. We thank you, God, that you are for us today and that we can do all things through you who strengthen us, God. We thank you so much and we pray these things in Jesus' name. We all said amen. amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.